0: You're listening to the COVID-19 update, a podcast from the CSIS Global Health Policy Center focused on the science and policy implications of the outbreak. I'm Andrew Schwartz of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and I'm joined by my colleague Steve Morrison to discuss the latest on COVID-19. Andrew and I are
1: delighted today to be host to Chef Jose Andres a renowned chef, author, humanitarian. He heads up his 30-restaurant group, the Think Food Group. He heads up the World Central Kitchen, which we'll be talking a great deal about. And he's a Washington resident. He's one of us here in Washington, has been since 1993. Jose, thank you so much for joining us. We're thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's first talk about you and how you got to where you are today. I mean, you occupy this... Kind of unique place here in Washington, your home all across America, in Spain, and in many countries beset by humanitarian crises where you've, you've been very active. You're a celebrated chef, restaurant owner, humanitarian, and a very distinct vision of how food is to be used to empower communities and strengthen economies. You've really pushed that concept, developed it, advanced that. And when you look back on your early life, Growing up in Spain, the child of two
2: nurses, where did you, this vision come from? Where did it begin? This is a question I keep asking myself, and I came to realize it's not one answer. Uh, I think at the end, we are, every one of us, we are who we are, thanks to tens, hundreds of people that influences directly, indirectly through a book, through a direct moment. So I began thinking what those moments were in my life. Obviously, my mom and my dad, very important. Many reasons. Both of them were nurses. Both of them love to cook. My mom will be more the cook of during the week. Even my father will help too. And my father will be more the one on the weekends when more friends will come home or we will go somewhere and he will cook for bigger quantity of people. My mom showed me the value of the end of the month cooking when the refrigerator will look like empty Best Buy fridge <laughs> in the shop. Things got a little thin. And waiting for the next check, my mom will always know how to make, multiply the piece of chicken, the halfway boiled egg, making croquettes making magic out of nothing. I still remember those dishes in a very profound way. My father would cook for a lot of people. And sometimes my mom would say, but how many are coming? 10 or 30? My father would say, I don't know. And my father will always respond, don't worry. We only need to throw into the pot a little bit more of rice. Everybody will eventually eat My father showed me the power of controlling the fire when, as a young boy, I will help make an open fire where he will cook this very big paella. And my father, one day after, I got very upset because he didn't let me do the cooking, but only helping him making the fire and controlling the fire. He told me, my son, I know you want to do the cooking, but the most important thing in life is really knowing your fire and controlling that fire. Then you can do anything you want with your life. Technically, he was teaching a young cook in the making, but also was a great metaphor for life. So those moments were important, but I will say even more important for me being in the Spanish Navy, going around the world, understanding that I didn't see hunger growing up in the neighborhoods around where I live, even in the poorer areas, not like there was no hunger, but, but not in the way I saw it when I went Africa, when I went uh, Latin America, when I went parts of the Caribbean. And there is the first time came to mind the connection between John Steinbeck, who was one of my, my first books in English, and I understood what the Steinbeck was talking. Well, in Salinas, or well happened somewhere in Central America. And probably The Grapes of Wrath, where he said, wherever there is a fight, so hungry people will eat. He said, I will be there. I think those novels of Steinbeck got a profound influence in me. That Then when I saw in real life almost things he was talking about, uh, those kind of things in my early life began building the little kind of, yeah, building blocks in my DNA that today makes me understand that I want to feed the few. It's what I love. Is my, my hobby. It's not my job. But also, I want to be part of the conversation and the action to try to feed yes. the many.
1: So you, as a, as a child and as an early young adult, you came to see food as fundamentally a social justice issue and something that alleviates suffering, poverty, and gives purpose and
2: focus. Correct. But the moment that many of these stories and few others that came holy was arriving to Washington, D.C. in 1993 as a young chef, 23 years old, opening Haleo, my Spanish tapas restaurant. We went there right after it opened. We sure did. And not too far away is D.C. Central Kitchen, founded by Robert Egger. Yes. And... Robert Egger is the person that showed me how food can be an agent of change. Not Mm -hmm. only talking about food waste. We talk too much about food waste. And we don't talk enough about wasting people's life. We are wasting people, not wasting food. But if we are able to give an opportunity to people in the process of making sure food is not wasted, it's magical. You can feed the people in need. In the process, DC Central Kitchen was training homeless training ex-convicts yes. bringing them to a place that they call home making sure they fed the people in need in these communities in the process training them to find jobs to those men and women that were feeding the hungry but then they were becoming part of the community Robert Egger told me that charity seems is about the redemption of the giver when charity should be about the liberation of the receiver That important moment changed my brain in how obviously my business for profit needs to be profitable. But then the charities of the world, they need to be managed a little bit with the same mentality. The for profit business are run, where the return on investment is not money anymore, but even something more powerful, which is giving people a way to belong. And food is the great mechanism to achieve that into the future.
1: Now, Andres, why did you choose to make Washington your home?
2: I'm a big believer that you never choose. Life chooses for you. I think, obviously, since a young boy watching... Uh, when I finished my military service, I wanted to come back to America. And in case it's any immigration officer trying to reopen all cases, I came with a legal visa um, that... That that only tells you that immigration reform is something we need to work on because it's very helpful to America. And any time we wait not having good immigration reform is time we waste. But the issue I wanted to come back was I was always in awe of America, especially Washington Congress, the White House. I always was fascinated by it by those men and women that tried to do good for America and for the world. And when I I came first time to America before on the Spanish Navy, waiting in New York Harbor, next to Ellis Island and next to Lady Liberty, uh, one that night before I went to dock on the harbor of Manhattan, I thought that the stars in the flag behind the dark blue sky symbolized the same stars, I was looking at laying down on the deck of the sail ship I was at, and I thought that that sky where everything was possible, that you could be free, and if you were hard, you could make it. To this day, I thought that this star symbolized that opportunity and that freedom. Washington for me, life chose for me, was probably the best place I could be because it's a place where things can happen in many great ways if you you are ready to take the challenge that I was given when I became American, which was you become American and you must contribute not only on the day of election, but you must try to contribute every single day of your life to try to make a more perfect union. I became American way before I became an American by law and by passport, I believe it's many people that use are part of our communities, and they are who they are, not by a paper, but by their actions. It's many citizens of the world that they belong because they work hard every day to make their community better. So to me, those are the citizens of the world we want.
0: Thank you. Andrew? Chef, it is such a Pleasure and an honor to have you on our podcast today. You know, I've been going to your restaurant, like Steve, since it opened. I'm a Washingtonian and I grew up here. I've spent a lot of my career knowing and working with, you know, musicians and rock stars who have been social activists who have gotten into the community. But I've never known a chef like yourself to have such a cerebral hold on the issues at hand and to be really involved in policy in the way that you are. It's quite remarkable. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what are your reflections upon what's going on right now in our country? We have hunger in our country. I mean, I live in Bethesda, Maryland, not too far from where your Haleo in Bethesda was. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was driving down old Georgetown Road and there was a food banks set up at our local fire station. And this is in Bethesda, Maryland. And of course, we've seen, you know, food banks all over the country with lines and, you know, miles, miles along. And, And you've been working really hard using your unique business model that you've created and the partnerships that you've created with local restaurants around the country to serve, I think it's 16 million meals in the United States alone and 2 million more in Spain. What are you seeing out there that is different, maybe, than we've ever seen before
2: in the United States in our lifetimes? Well, the 16 million is an all number. We are probably, on this year alone, already north of 36, 37 million meals served, thanks to the help of of many individuals that see in us in Wall Central Kitchen, you know, a, a great call to action, the urgency of now. Transform into the urgency of yesterday. Obviously, my conversation around food and water is very easy to understand. Wasn't and Central Kitchen starts being an emergency, but we, we live very well in the, in the limbo of emergency and reconstruction. We are right there. But what I see right now, what you describe, I've seen those lines. I've been in, I don't know, I don't want to give our number, but 10 to 10, 20 states. I've been to many cities. I've been to many hospitals and community centers and churches and synagogues and, and mosques and, and different neighborhoods. Even in the rich neighborhoods, you, you see hunger, believe it or not, not too far away. What happened, we don't see it because we have walls that don't allow us to see what's behind our walls where we live. And What you described in Montgomery County, which has been a very hard hit county, even even more with the Latin community. But I can tell you the same in Bronx, in Harlem. I can tell you the same in San Antonio, in El Paso. I can tell you the same in Oakland. What we see right now, it's a very simple thing that sometimes, unfortunately, our leaders and politicians don't try to come together to solve the problem, but they try to use the problem used to prove their point. So instead of coming with solutions, you forget the solutions. Use, let's use these two. So right now we see that we have a lot of people that they are telling everybody that they feel alone, that they feel mistreated. Some people I will say with more right than others in some issues and in other issues vice versa. But that's the matter, people feel forgotten. When you go into a hurricane and you go to places that they've been devastated by the hurricane there, you don't see Republicans or Democrats. You don't see right and left. You don't see Fox News, CNN. You, you see people. You just see Americans. Americans that they race from the destruction to help each other. That's the America I know. Because in those moments when humans were open naked and we lost everything and the power of earth and the climate, destroys everything we build with our hard work, that moment you realize what really is important. And what really is important is three words very clear stated on Pennsylvania Avenue by the National Archives, the documents that created our nation, we the people, which should be three words that everybody should agree on. Everything beyond we the people, what if it's us versus them is war? We've never done well on war. We only do well doing war together, growing together. But we realize that, listen, I love capitalism. It's one of the reasons I wanted to come to America. I believe everybody agrees by now that capitalism needs to reinvent itself. And we need to create a more... Pragmatic capitalism. I think everybody will agree. Maybe the, the democratic way to do it, the Republican way to do it, but still, I want to create jobs. I want to have restaurants. I want to do well, but I don't want to do well at the expense of other people doing wrong and doing bad. That's not capitalism. This is nonsense. If more people do well, our businesses will do better. So what we see right now is many people forgotten, left behind, Black Americans, Latino, people of color, they are not doing well in uh, in their communities. They are forgotten. But then you see white people, that they are forgotten too. At the end, you see people that are forgotten. But then it's very simple, you to create a war. It's very difficult to build common denominator, a common goal, where we hear everybody, where we try to fix the problems one by one, where we take seriously Black Lives Matter because those people, they've been unfairly mistreated. But the Black Lives Matter is used a way to say, hello, you're forgetting me. And on top of that, you are killing us on the streets. But the problem is, as bad as the killing is, it's even bigger. The Black community requires a bigger effort from everybody to help them be at the same level of everybody is. But then we can go to faraway places where then the color of the skin is another. And it's the same people. At the end, it's people with problems. And we need to provide to them. Our politicians, I said it at the beginning of this rant, they are too much basing their leadership on, my side is better than yours versus can we all come together? Obviously, some leaders that they don't deserve to be leaders. No leader can be bringing the worst of us forward as a way to lead. The leaders must be people that bring people together, find solutions to the problems and transform the problems into opportunities. This is what I see in America, that people want that. Even sometimes we see the worst expression of ourselves when it's actually a lot of good. In America and around the world.
0: So, the next administration, the Biden administration, is coming in in just a couple of days. And, you know, you and others are going to have an opportunity to weigh in on hunger issues and issues of food security. What do you think needs to happen on day one with the Biden administration? Does there need to be a food czar? Does there need to be a permanent official like a surgeon general who oversees you know, hunger in America? There's never been a position like this before. Does it? Does there need to be now? Does there need to be more leadership in this space coming from the federal government, coming from
2: the Congress? What are your thoughts on that? The answer is that all of the above. Number one, I do believe that to fix a crisis, you need to recognize the crisis. As much as it's been little band-aids under the Trump administration, I don't believe the Trump administration has recognized that there is a hunger issue. We didn't see President Trump going to community kitchen. We, We didn't. And you didn't see or heard that there is problems. Yeah, USDA did few things but not enough for the magnitude of the problem we face. In one hand, we've seen potatoes, tons of potatoes being thrown away. Thousands and hundreds of millions of gallons of milk thrown away. On the other hand, you've seen long lines in soup kitchens, community centers, churches, places of faith, food banks. I am a big believer that we need to be changing the ways When we had so many restaurants shut down, people going home, sometimes without even receiving unemployment for different reasons, it wouldn't make more sense to use every single restaurant in America to make sure that we don't have long lines with tens of thousands of people waiting for a box of food, sometimes use not very good quality stuff, and just make sure that the restaurants locally could be covering that need. I would say the answer is yes. We need a food czar in the sense of somebody that sees the opportunities where there are lack of action. Because hunger is something like cannot wait six months from now for Congress to take over. Hunger is something like has to be a solution of the urgency of right now. Everybody understands that. That's why it's very important that we bring food At different levels of government needs to be seen as a national security issue. I do believe we're taking food for granted and I forecast that in the years to come we may have one day that the food that right now we think is plentiful because everybody keeps saying that we have more food on planet earth than food we need to feed the the seven billion. I think this cockiness equals the terrorist attacks and other moments we had in the past, including this pandemic, that we thought we were powerful and all of a sudden to think too much about power makes you cocky, makes you cocky, makes you forget the dangers you have around the corner. And I think like if we have the perfect storm, which will be plagues, which are happening right now in Africa, they had three plagues in 2020, droughts, fires, Lacks of seeds, explosions in Beirut that almost left Beirut with less than two weeks left of grain to feed many of the refugees they have. The perfect storm can come, plus another event we don't see, like a fungus or who knows what else. And all of a sudden, entire crops across the planet may be decimated. Let me tell you, my friends, all of a sudden it'll be difficult to make food out of thin air. So a national security position next to the President of the United States will be important. Foods are right now, I think, will be important because we can be making very quick changes with actual laws that are already approved, activating FEMA, maximizing USDA, maximizing the school lunch program, maximizing Feeding America, maximizing every single restaurant we have in America, and hunger should not be an issue, including not forgetting the farmers that right now cannot sell food, that they should be not receiving aid in the form of, here we have you give you money, but don't produce. No, people want to be part of the solution. Let's make sure we don't give subsidies to farmers, especially when it goes to the big companies to throw food away or to don't produce versus use that money to create jobs in rural America, to create jobs in the cities, in the process be a productive country, in the process feeding the ones in need. And you put through this pandemic the system of feeding in a way that solves a lot of problems. So the long story short I can keep going on, but food is immigration, food is policy, food is job creation, food is the reinventing of our cities Food is ending food deserts in America. Food is using the school system and the school lunches for the betterment of everybody. Food is not leaving any elderly forgotten as they are right now. Food is making sure we go to the home of every elderly person that sometimes cannot even leave their home for security reasons. That we create systems to bring their food door to door. Food at the end needs to be taken far away more seriously seriously. I'm requesting from the Biden administration that they will have that person, that cabinet almost position where will be somebody with real power with real legislation. Legislation can give to that person and that group all the powers they need with real budget and where bipartisan support, where this food person will be a food department away from the USDA. Uh, I think we have a great secretary and Secretary Bilsack is the right person for the time with experience and I think willing to adapt to the new times. And I'll be supporting him. But the food problems we face in America right now, they almost are part of every department. We need to bring somewhere within near the walls of the White House that you can bring every department, transportation, national security, uh, as I said, uh, immigration, obviously, Homeland Security, obviously, USDA, but also education, also housing and you bring them all together food becomes a very powerful tool to move america forward so the answer thank is you. yes
1: thank you chef i want to go back to what you did what you did in 2020 when this covid pandemic arrived right you had already developed a model for operating in natural disasters right you converting restaurants into community kitchens, moving really fast and being very proactive, being very adaptive and trying to reach scale. And then when COVID-19 struck and it exposed these huge food insecurities, the vulnerability of the elderly, unemployed families and disrupted the restaurant sector and the food delivery system, you went to scale. I mean, suddenly you're 37 million meals distributed all across the country. World Central Kitchen went from a budget of under thirty million a year to in twenty twenty something many many times bigger than that. How did you achieve that scale? How did you move to be ten times bigger than what you'd been before?
2: Well, if we go, uh, you know, from the times we were hundred few hundred thousand dollars a year back in yeah. Haiti to right in Maria, we had a budget that was right under a million and a half. Number one, the money, we we are only as good as the people we have uh, supporting us. And we are an organization of action. People see what we do through social media. We are very active communicating. Obviously, some people may say, oh, you are very, you know, very pretentious to say, you keep showing all the things you guys do. I learned that people wanna know in real time what's going on. Because especially people that cannot be there, they feel like if they can help sending $1 at a time, If they put that dollar in the hands of organization that they can see delivers the goods, things become very dramatic. So for us, communicating has been essential. But obviously, what makes us different than everybody, I think, is the urgency of now. I don't mean that other organizations are not, but we move very quickly. We move very fast because it's in our DNA. I realize that food cannot waste. Every second, every day you waste, on providing relief, I believe is used adds months on every day of reconstruction. You need to put people on their foot quick and fast. And what they cannot be is wandering around a destroyed city, a destroyed county, a destroyed region, wandering for food. And this has happened time, time before. So. How we do what we do? Well, because people see what we do. We've been very successful in Maria, almost 4 million meals. Even I will tell you, we influenced many more million meals with certain decisions and certain guidance we gave other organizations that made our aid, not only what we did, but also many meals that others did. And I believe we were very important in achieving this. I communicate very much this in my book, We Fed an Island, but this year. Beirut, the explosion. In 24 hours, we were doing over 10,000 meals a day. In Beirut, far away, in Lebanon, we are quick. Why? Because we use locals. We use the local community. Now, every day, they know us better. They know that we don't come here to impose. We come to bring our know-how and maximize their response potential. Lake Charles, how many hurricanes we had in the Gulf of Mexico the year, back-to-back, back, the fires in Oregon, in California, in Colorado, in Utah. All the hurricanes back-to-back in Central America, Yota and ETA, we were in Honduras, in Guatemala, and in an island in the middle of the ocean called Providencia, where 8,000 people lost everything under a category five hurricane. We were able to deliver food in the middle of nowhere, partnering in that case with the government of Colombia because they had the access through the military to all the infrastructure, planes and boats and other things that allow us to be so quick. This is what we do. People see what we do. And people want to be supporting organizations that they are successful and effective. When it's food, the urgency of now is yesterday.
1: You know, we're in a very tough position right now here in the United States, right? We've seen what happened last week with the assault upon the Capitol. We are in the midst of the surge of the pandemic, its astronomical levels of new infections and fatalities and dislocations. Our economy is very fragile. The vaccination campaign is is moving out in a very difficult way. What's your strategy for 2021? I mean, I know you're making your case, as you explained to us, for a new national policy approach, but you're gonna continue doing what World Central Kitchen does, which is try to expand its 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 reach partner with local institutions, and reach people in real time. What's your strategy looking ahead after this massive
2: expansion of your reach in 2020? Well, number one, my family to be safe, like we are all doing. Obviously, my business, all the people work with me. I only have 25, 30% of the employees and the team members we had at the beginning of the pandemic. My biggest thing is to try to bring back everybody else as soon as we can. But we need to do that when it's possible and it's safe. Obviously, put the restaurants back at full speed like we all want. So I don't want more than what everybody else is want. So I need to find a, more space in my brain, in my days, to dedicate to my for-profit company, even if it's in very good hands because I have great partners, great leaders, adapting to the situation and moving forward uh, through this through this pandemic. On Waltz Kitchen, obviously the leader, Nate Mook, who is yes. my best friend who came with me, Puerto Rico, who ne- I n- he never thought probably he will end being the CEO of Waltz Kitchen. But at the end, I always say that positions are not given, positions are earned. <laughs> he, he he earned his position only by being there. And, and who was going to say he has become such a capable leader uh, on the fight of hunger that then allows me to do these other things that are different angles, right? So for me, 2021, obviously, is to make sure that we keep adding to the conversation and Congress is very important and the White House is very important. Are you assuming, Chef, that we'll be back, we'll get back to
1: some normality in the course of 2021 and your businesses will be able to resume?
2: I think spring, summer is gonna be better, but uh, the issue is, I think the philosophy, everybody, we all should prepare for the worst, and aim for the best. I think it's the best strategy because we cannot let our guard go down at every, bit, at every situation, health, personal, business. We need to learn from the 1918 pandemic. We know that by 1920, everything went kind of back to normal and that the economy began moving up in a very strong way but every pandemic uh, we are gonna be learning probably is different. Now we have a new strain of COVID-19. They say that the vaccine right now may protect us for a year. I don't understand how we had such a low rollout of the vaccines. This is the biggest thing that has hit America and planet Earth for the last hundred years. Obviously, we could argue World War I, World War II, but this is huge. This is doing huge damage to people's life, to the economy. We're gonna have millions of death before we realize. I am very amazed that we are not more willing with this administration to take this seriously. We can be talking about the many things, but I'm very taken aback that President and Vice President of the United States will take a vacation through the rollout of the vaccines. We should be rolling the vaccines the same way we roll food. We are always empty in our kitchens in our refrigerators. Why? Because if there's hungry people there, we must put all the food out immediately. The vaccine should have exactly the same strategy. We have plenty of people, plenty of hospitals, plenty of community organizations that we love to join, but requires a map, which I didn't see. It requires understanding the situation. And I'm very amazed that we've not been quicker and faster. I do believe that President Biden, Vice President Harris, with very capable Americans. I know that Ron Klain, with the success he had in Ebola under President Obama, I think he's gonna be bringing his know-how of bringing people together. And I do believe that the new administration is gonna do better only because you see they are organizing themselves before even getting to the White House to be prepared with capable people that will bring those solutions. I hope that they will deliver to the American people because we we cannot do any worse. I do believe whatever is going to come is going to, is going to change the mentality of many that if we work together, big problems become simple, become very simple with solutions. You only need to have boots on the ground. If you have boots on the ground, things happen.
0: Well, you know, Chef, I've read a lot and heard a lot about how you've been forced to become a master of logistics in your business with World Central Kitchen. You know, what kind of advice do you have for the incoming administration? This is such a huge undertaking. And, you know, like you said, they seem to have the right plan and the right idea in mind. What kind of advice do you have for them, you know, in general going forward and what gives you the most hope? We always ask our our guests, you know, at the end of our podcast, what gives them the most hope
2: for the future? Because we do want to be hopeful. I think we see President Biden is already bringing the right discourse, uh, trying to bring America together. I think food is something like brings America together. I don't want to be repetitive, something like a fancy chef, but I believe in longer tables. I believe in lower walls and longer tables. And if you read the statistics and I I like them and I think many people will agree with them, 86% of Americans believe that no American should be hungry. So this is something that brings Americans together. And more than 61% agree that food assistance in America should be improved. The last food summit that happened in America was in the year, I born in 1969, President Nixon, which was the White House Food Summit. We should be doing by 2022. 50 years later, 51, 52 years later, the White House Food Summit, bringing everybody, including international, and start putting the importance where the importance is. We can be talking about fuel about the most important thing we have on planet Earth, But let's face it, let's be pragmatic. The fuel only moves my car. The fuel that moves humanity is food. Let's give more real importance about the amazing possibilities that food can achieve. So because food brings America together, yes, I'm gonna keep saying, yes, climate change, it's up there, but I will say that food is not any lower. Food itself can be what helped climate change. Why? Because the way we produce can be very negative to climate change. Because the way we cook is being one of the main sources of adding CO2 to the atmosphere. More than three billion people, three billion with a B, three billion people cook with fossil fuels to feed themselves. Deforestation is because they don't have any other way to feed themselves. Young girls don't go to receive education because they go to pick up wood when they are too poor to buy charcoal. Lands that are supposed to be fertile, they are washed by the water coming down from the slopes of the mountains with no trees and no roots. That water takes away the topsoil. It's not possible harvest because that soil is gone. The oceans are dirty in the coastline and no coral, no reef because that dirt that makes everything cloudy. No coral, no reef, no fish, no fishing industry. You see, food is more important than we think. And that's why I created that class in George Washington, The World on a Plate, that during 13 weeks, we analyze food through one angle. So in that class, you may see policymakers and politicians, but you may see also generals. And you may see people working on the front lines in places like Yemen, or scientists, or climate experts all understanding that food at the end of the day is one of the things that is the most interconnected of the many challenges and problems we face. And that if we have these 360 degree, one decision can have huge profound good effects down the road, down the chain. And that's why, uh, that's why I would be asking obviously the Biden administration that food is what brings America together. Let's make sure it's also what brings America forward, moves America thank forward. Thank
1: you. Chef, this has been a terrific conversation and you're, you remain an inspiration, I think, to all of us here and thinking about food and how it strengthens communities and strengthens economies and, and helps us get through these really difficult times. So thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for all you've done. And thank you for spending time with us today. We're very honored and thrilled to be able to have this conversation. Thank you, thank you for having me.